I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices, a stage for real people to tell the real stories we never get to hear. In today's episode, you'll hear a story of a British record holder of 30 years, who with the perfect combination of innate talent, drive, and chance on her side, made history. There's no bigger thrill in running than being alongside someone and knowing you've got an extra gear. This is Cathy Smallwood-Cook, a former Great Britain Olympic sprinter. She's a three-time Olympic bronze medalist, competing in the finals in both Moscow 1980 and Los Angeles 1984. Cathy held the British records for the 100 meters, 200 meters and 400 meters for almost 30 years which were only beaten fairly recently. No one could be more surprised than me that they stood so long. I remember once going for a little run just before Catherine Merry ran and the postman asked me, is she going to break your record? Neighbours were asking. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird thing because obviously you want the sport to progress and people to get quicker, but then it is your record. So there is a little bit of you that's like, oh. <laughs> Kathy grew up in a small village in North Hampshire called Tadley, where everybody knew everybody. From a very young age, she was running everywhere. I used to go home for lunch for school, I don't know why, but my dad used to also come home from lunch and he would cycle to the junior school and meet me from school, me and my sister. And my sister would sit on a little seat on his crossbar of his bike and I would run. So like every day I was running back home for lunch eating a cooked meal and then running back to school alongside my dad's bike. And I did that for ages, so that must have been a really good grounding. Cathy's primary school in Tadley played a huge part in getting her involved in sports from day one. The headmaster, Mr Searing, he loved his sport and he loved the school to compete at all different things, but he really did like track and field. So from the age of about seven, eight, nine, we had a track and field team at the primary school, which I think is still quite unusual. I didn't know I could run fast until that happened and everybody who was interested had to come before school and do some training. And we were allowed to run in bare feet, which seemed very <laughs> cool at the time, <laughs> bearing in mind we were only eight and nine. So the school had a really strong history of track and field straight away. So, I mean, as luck would have it, there I was in the right school in the right time with the right headmaster. Cathy's newfound passion gave her a massive confidence boost. At school, I was fine and everything, but I was pretty average. And then to suddenly discover that you could do this thing <laughs> that got you loads of attention. I mean, it was a shock, really. Soon, Cathy's family caught on to her talent including her great-aunt Eva. She lived on a farm and I used to play on the farm every summer with my cousins. She'd seen me running and about the age of nine, she had already calculated that 1984 was going to be my year and that I'd be 24 and I'd be just right. <laughs> and she was absolutely right. When Cathy reached secondary school, she was unsure whether she was going to take her athletics career further. I think I must have been about 13 and a new girl came called Lynn and she was lovely but she was a big runner and she'd already run for a club and she had got a pair of spikes which was very flashy <laughs> still running in my trainers 
And she was desperate to join the local athletic club. So she asked me if I would go with her. So we went together, but Lynn, she didn't like it. And she dropped off after a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh no, I don't know whether I like it either. But fortunately, I stuck it out. So easy to look back and see how our paths could have taken a different trajectory. As an Olympic medalist, I'm sure there are many points at which she could have veered off track. But I wanted to know what it was that made her succeed. There's always been somebody, because I wouldn't have pushed myself forward. I was never that super driven person. So there was always someone sort of nudging me to the next thing. I mean, the PE teachers at the secondary school were very good. Her main role model throughout her career was her coach, Jim Spooner. He would set targets and say what he thought I could do. And it would freak me out. I would think, oh, I definitely can't do that. I was very negative, which, which is a bad thing. But he would always say, no, you know, this is what you're capable of. And nearly all the targets and things that Jim said happened. Kathy's parents also put a lot of time and commitment into her running. Those days you used to get a programme my mum used to write all the results in. My dad wasn't so keen. He would drive me sometimes to Crystal Palace or something. And although he liked watching me run, he wasn't bothered about anyone else. So he would drop me off and try and time it right just to catch my race. He used to get particularly annoyed because the relays are always at the bitter end. He would go exploring, I don't know, the local town or Crystal Palace. There was a big park. He would go for a walk around there. I don't know. He couldn't just sit in the stand and watch everybody else. After years of training and competing in championship after championship, Cathy found herself about to represent Great Britain in the Los Angeles Olympics of 1984. She was competing in a number of races, the 400 metres, the 200 metres and the 4x100 metre relay. I think when I went to Los Angeles, I was very aware that I was in the best shape I'd been and that this was my opportunity. You've got to keep your training going, you've got to do relay practices. So the whole process is quite challenging. On the day of the final, Kathy's nerves went through the roof. You're just waiting to catch the bus at the stadium and waiting to warm up. And if you've got people like Gary and Jim around you, keeping you focused but not going crazy with nerves, you know, that's what you need. There's Gary on the side there to uh, congratulate her. Gary is Cathy's husband, who was also competing in the 1984 Olympics for Great Britain in the 4x400 relay, where he won a silver medal. So lovely having someone you're completely at ease with. That's a huge support when you're going through a very nervous situation. It's a mental challenge as well as a physical challenge competing, and it made a big difference. The wait was almost over. Cathy Cook runs for Great Britain. It was boiling hot and they'd got us on the track quite early and there was a big stadium clock ticking round, you know, big second hand ticking round. Cathy Cook, the United Kingdom record holder, already a bronze medalist here. I felt dreadful. I mean, nerves affect you anyway, but with me, they always made me feel completely weak, like I could barely stand, let alone run. And I just thought of all the people, I should have been thinking of other things probably, but all the people I just knew everybody at home was going to be watching and as they'd give me such a send-off and all my family and friends I actually felt them all with me you know on the track and that was extra strength really 
And Kathy comes through. There's no doubt about it now. Mary Peters, past Olympic medalist in the pentathlon, was Kathy's team manager. She was there that day. She used to walk you from the warm-up track to the reporting room, and then you'd be in the reporting room for about 30 minutes, and then you'd be led out onto the track. And Mary Peters, she always managed to just say the right thing. She would have the right mix of chit-chat and saying something inspirational, you know, because she'd obviously done it herself. Leading up to the 200 metres, Cathy had already won herself a bronze medal in the 4x100 relay. I felt so good and I knew I was, my running was absolutely flying. I mean, that is a lovely feeling to know that you're running really well. And of course, then you do the 200 and I just felt so good in the heats and the semi. There's no bigger thrill in running than being alongside someone and knowing you've got an extra gear and that you're going to go fast. <laughs> and it's just the best. But coming into that straight, I just knew I'd got an extra something. Cathy Cook really draws on her form, and it's very good form indeed. It's just a really nice feeling. <laughs> you can just click into that extra bit in the home straight, you know, and start passing people. And, of course, once you've experienced winning a couple of races, you just want to, that to happen again. As Cathy walked to the 200-metre final, Mary Peters turned to her. She said, I think you're going to get another medal. And I was like, surely not, you know. I did feel really good. But of course, then I came fourth by a hundredth. And I was like, oh, Mary, you jinxed it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I love the 200. Coming fourth is not great in Olympics, but that lovely feeling of knowing that you're running your very, very best and running really, really fast. It's just an absolute thrill, really. So even though I came fourth, I absolutely loved it. I was just on cloud nine with it all then. Not even the Russian doping scandal would be able to impact her. I did have my moment on the rostrum. I did have my moment jogging around the track, waving to everybody. How I would feel if I had been coming fourth, fifth, sixth all the time, I don't know. The systemic doping across multiple countries was so prevalent and widespread at the 1980 Moscow Olympics, a later study referred to it as the Chemist Games. There was one moment just before a relay final that stuck in Cathy's memory. I always used to run second leg. I was used to always being with the same second leg runners. I'd recognize them and we'd say hi, and, but they were all the same. East Germans and Russians on second leg. But that day was different. And I thought, oh, they've swapped all the order around, which seems strange for the final. And of course, then at the end of the race, all second leg runners got tested. And I remember thinking, gosh, that's odd that those few people weren't there suddenly on second leg. They'd been switched to another leg. So things like that did happen. And then over the years, more and more information obviously came out that it was much more widespread than anyone imagined. Obviously, I look at some results now and know that the people ahead of me were on some sort of drugs program. But I've um, learned to accept that. And I just feel happy that I did it clean. I mean, how awful would it have been after my children had arrived and we we're watching my races, it suddenly came out that I'd been taking something. I mean, I just can't get my head around it really. and. 
I mean, you hear some horrendous stories about people that are on heavy drugs programs and then their health afterwards has been horrible. So I'm thankful, really. To this day, running remains part of Kathy's life. Running can be your real secret weapon. It, it always has been with me. And if you've had a bad day or work's been a bit rubbish or you're just feeling a bit sad, I used to find just going for a run, you know, even if it's just obviously not running as fast as it was in the 200 metres in Los Angeles. Kathy clearly had an exceptional talent to run fast from an early age. And this was spotted by her Aunt Eva, her teachers at primary school, as well as her coach. However, as with all great athletes, luck came her way too. From her friend wanting her to go to the athletics club, to go into a primary school that specialised in track and field, to her parents being so supportive. Sometimes we all need some luck along the way. She used everything she learned as a multi-games bronze medalist to great effect by helping students for many years in her role as a teacher, along with her husband, Gary. Not only to pursue their athletic gifts or to keep fit, but to help them find joy in sports just as they did all those years ago and continue to do so now. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week.